Warning, this episode contains foul language, extremely graphic descriptions of murder, and a very giggly Lauren Ogle. listening to keep it weird the podcast for all things strange unusual paranormal supernatural creepy sticky gross scary and everything in between each week we have the absolute pleasure of sitting down with a friend and discussing something weird but this week we're still getting back in the swing of things so it's just me and little mama herself (laughs) my name is ashley and this is my co-host lauren hey weirdos and today we're gonna be racking our brains over some unsolved murders guys so many people die it's insane if i think about it too long i will hyperventilate so many people i'm gonna cry die but these people died in extremely mysterious ways and circumstances and no one can give us a definite answer on who did it or even why they did it so get ready to scratch your head and pull out your hair and cry maybe and lose some sleep lauren's up. better at this than i am <laughs> uh, <laughs> here we go on self murder you nailed it <laughs> i did really well you did it was really great i know we just did unsolved mysteries but this is a different. This is totally this is focused different. on murder. This is They're focused going to be on very like different. actual like murder. Yes, it's a who didn't, who done it, <laughs> who done it, who done it. Which um, it's hilarious because you and Hannah on our unsolved mysteries episode did mysteries that didn't involve murder. True. They were just mysteries. But I, in true form, did do a did murder do a murder because <laughs> I always like to talk about murder. I have a problem. I have it's issues under <laughs> investigation. <laughs> But yes, Talking this to my doctor. <laughs> I'm in therapy for it. My husband's worried. He's nervous. Uh, he hides the knives. No, but we're <laughs> doing specifically, this is just about murders. And these ones are wild. wild. And it's going to be so much fun. Yes, I'm very excited. Uh, before we get started, how was your Halloween? Oh my gosh. It was actually really fun. Yeah. It was fun to dress up Wilder for the first time. He oh had three costumes say, in one day. <laughs> he was Winnie the Pooh, and then he was Max from Where the Wild Things Are, yes. and then he was George Costanza mm-hmm. from Seinfeld. Well, and his, I know, it was so funny. Little his, bald um, man. His baby shower was Where the Wild Things Are themed. Themed, yes. Yeah. And it was hilarious because we hadn't told anybody the name, but we knew. Aww. And we suggested to our friends who were throwing the shower, like, oh, let's do Where the Wild Things Are. And we're just giggling under our breath the whole time. Like, nobody you knows his name nerds. is Wilder. I know, we're so dumb. <laughs> so that was his birthday party theme. And then one of our friend's moms, who lives in Ohio, so cute, sent us that onesie of like the little crown and the fur yeah. boots because she saw the theme of our shower and was like that is so adorable adorable. we've only met her once you little whippersnappers so he yeah he had three costumes the the winnie the pooh costume only made it to ross we went shopping and then i went to my friend's work party when he was max so we got to show off to an office and then we took him out to a bar like responsible parents do at night and he was george (laughs) costanza and alex and i were jerry and elaine whatever he's so social and like he he, i mean he came i don't think the listeners know this because i think the yep. last episode we recorded was before. I right. threw a like vampire's ball. It was so cool. And I looked very scary. She did. And I was so worried because Wilder was coming and we planned ahead. We were like, we know Wilder's coming. We've got his crib. Like we're going to put his headphones on. He's going to go in the bedroom. And I was so worried because I had these contacts in and I had these teeth and I was so scary. And I was like, he's going to cry when he sees me and then I'm going to cry and then <laughs> everyone's going to be crying. <laughs> And he thought I was hilarious. He laughed and smiled at he Ashley the whole night. literally thought I was so fun. Anytime I went like, like bared my teeth and like opened my eyes wide, he was like. <laughs> he loved it. Yeah. He's obsessed it was the with best, Halloween already. The best possible scenario for me. He's a little baby weirdo. He did great at the Vampire's Ball. Everyone all night was covered in blood and had fangs and he was just giggling he and having a great. time. 
There also might be a ghost in my house that helped him out. Yeah, we think he has a new ghost friend now that he was chit-chatting with in her bedroom. But, you know, that's a story for another day. We'll see if anything comes out of that. But how was your Halloween? Oh, well, horrible. Oh, yeah, I do. I shouldn't have. (laughs) Ashley had a rough one this year, and it's not fair. a bad Halloween. I was on day three. I think most of the listeners know this. But just in case you don't, I've been... Is it called detoxing? I don't know if it's called detoxing. I guess so. Weaning yourself Weaning off, but you're going through withdrawals and detox. Zoloft for fucking ever. How, when did I start this? It feels like it two feels months like ago. It feels like a long time. <laughs> yeah. And finally, like an idiot, the week of Halloween, I was like, I don't need it anymore. Like, I'm all the way down. I got one more stage to go. So I stopped taking it completely. I was down to like half a pill a day. It wasn't like I like was taking 100 milligrams right. a day and then quit. I was down to like 11 milligrams a day. It was so small. And I stopped. And then on day three, it was Halloween day. And I went to work and I was okay. But I was feeling kind of like, eh. And the night before, I just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. Um, and I only stopped crying to carve pumpkins. Oh <laughs> and gosh. I started crying again. I went to sleep. Um, and then Halloween, I worked all day and I was fine. I had all these plans for Halloween night. I came home and like cooked dinner, ate dinner, and then just sobbed until I went to sleep. The worst. But then I took a Zoloft and now I'm better. I literally, within 24 hours, I was Was like, oh my God, I'm a human being again. Like the next day I cleaned the house and I I was like up on my feet. I danced to um, the Beetlejuice soundtrack. As you should. (laughs) Alone (laughs) here. I like, I was totally fine. I know you were so excited to wean off and I totally support you in finding other options because I know you're still interested in that. But I am so happy that you did take the Zoloft because it made me so upset as your friend and someone who loves you to know you were so down on your favorite day of the year. I texted you that morning like, it's our day, my fellow Scream Queen. I'm so excited. I was having like the best day and sweet Ashley was like, I'm I'm not okay. I'm not well. And it was very sad to see you that way. So well, I'm happy now I know. Because that was one of the things I really I was pretty disappointed on like Friday and Saturday and Sunday because I felt like I really didn't think I needed it anymore. Right. But it You're turns not out alone in that. People I do. do that all the time. Yeah. And that's fine. So that's I have a okay. doctor's appointment next week to switch meds. So well, that's good. Yeah. But the good news is Friday and Saturday partied it up yeah you did yeah she got to redeem herself she went out over the weekend i was so happy about that i drank a whole bunch and i dressed as Marilyn manson i was super spooky it was awesome (laughs) see i drank way too much on halloween and if everyone recalls it was a thursday evening (laughs) and i had to teach young children (laughs) the next morning on friday and i was real hangy and i was trying to keep my human alive while teaching other little humans i got through it but i felt real guilty the whole time that i was a horrible horrible person but it all worked out but guys lesson learned take care of yourselves out there have some self-care know that it's okay if you do need to take your medication that's all right (laughs) there's no shame in it just take good care of yourself turns out it's there for a reason and you should take it and have grace with yourself it's okay Uh, but i redeemed myself i'm fine you did now i'm just bummed that it's over and i have to take down my halloween decorations but joe is so good with me and he lets me keep them up till like thanksgiving alex does too (laughs) i think it will have to hit like late november when he'll finally be like okay Okay, like it's time time, and now we need to think about christmas i'm like fine fine but i don't wanna it's okay I mean, luckily for me, it still is super spooky yeah, here. Yeah, your apartment's spooky anyway, so when you When my Halloween decorations are down, it's just... It's still spook central, and I love it. The only thing that softens my blow is that Christmas is coming up, and I get presents. And that's the best. And putting up trees is fun. It's, Tr- it's no, it's just, not. Actually, it is a nightmare, but they look so pretty once they're once up. Once the but tree is up, no, I'm like, is this horrific. is great. But putting uh, up a tree, I'm like, fuck christmas who needs it <laughs> santa's time. not even real <laughs> what if a young child is listening to <laughs> oh, this I'm podcast so about murder right now <laughs> to all of you young Ashley. children luckily wilder's not here today hate all you five-year-olds his life <laughs> to those five-year-olds tuning in uh don't listen to ashley santa is real <laughs> 
Thank you guys for allowing us to have the month off. I know we've thanked you about a billion times, but thank you again for letting us have the month off to just hang out and get spooky and feel those sweet Halloween vibes. We are officially back until Christmas. But just like past years, there's a lot of holiday traveling, so we may miss a week around Thanksgiving, but we'll always keep you informed when we don't have an episode. That's right. And uh, we are going to announce the winners of our two Halloween competitions that we had that we so very much so enjoyed, especially since we weren't recording episodes. It was a blast. You guys are awesome. Yeah, you guys are amazing. I could not believe how many people participated. So we had a 31 Days of Horror where we posted a picture of a horror movie every day along with a quote and a little trivia piece. And all we asked was you guys comment on it and you guys went above and beyond and you did it. Thank you. A lot of you had seen the movies, even the more obscure ones. That was so fun to chit chat about the movies. There were a couple where I'm like, no one's going to know what this is. And everyone was like, I love like Mungo. Right. What? I know. And then the other was the uh, costume contest, which holy crap, y'all are our people because you had amazing costumes. We there wasn't a single one we didn't like, except maybe Brett. Everyone had amazing. <laughs> oh, that Ninja Turtle costumes. Stuff, it was rough. <laughs> so the winner of these competitions will receive two amazing prizes: a Keep It Weird T-shirt or tank or tote bag Whoop. of your choosing. I love the tote. And an original piece of art made by moi, which we will collaborate on. You'll tell me what you want. I'll make it for you. So, without further ado, do, 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 do. drum roll, please. I lost it. <laughs> That's your drum roll, folks. <laughs> the winner of the 31 Days of Horror on Instagram at morgan.is.copious, Morgan Kopsinski. Yay, Morgan. We love you so much. Thank you so much for commenting on everything, everything. Mm-hmm. and knowing so much about the movies and having an eagerness to see the movies. I was going to say, know. even the ones you didn't know, yeah. you were like putting it on my list and you tagged people and yes. you had interesting things to say. You were Loved really it. wonderful. And I can't wait to paint something for you. You the best. Uh, we had several runners up for that, which we'll tag you on Instagram as well. And for our costume contest, the winner is... I was going to do a drum roll, and then I ruined everything. (laughs) No one can hear it. It's over. (laughs) That's all the time we have this week for Uh, Keep It Weird. We got to head out. (laughs) The winner of our costume contest, our Keep It Weird costume contest, is at Fresh as a Daisy, Daisy Rios. Woo! Woo! Bravo, bravo, Daisy. It was Scarface, and it was phenomenal. Daisy and her, I assume it's your boyfriend. I'm so sorry if it's not, but Daisy and her male uh, counterpart went as Tony and Elvira from Scarface, and they gender swapped it, and it was amazing. It was so good to see Elvira with a beard. It was really fun. I really think... (laughs) It improved on the original. I completely <laughs> Not agree. Not that Michelle Pfeiffer isn't beautiful and She's perfect. She's gorgeous. But um, no, they looked amazing. Their pose, the photo, everything mm-hmm. about it. It was so clever. It was so original. We laughed our butts off. We yes. loved it. After um, hours and hours of deliberation and heated arguments. <laughs> it did take some time. We, it took some time. It wasn't hours. But it did take some time. We chose your costume. You look amazing. I can't wait to paint something for you. Uh, I will announce the runners up for that because there, I mean, it was between these three, but there were so many on our list. I think we narrowed it down to like 10 and then five and then three. It was a whole thing. But the runners up were Melissa Urbis with her husband and she was uh, an amazing Lieutenant Dan and her husband was Forrest Gump. I and we laughed, laughed for hours out loud. <laughs> I couldn't. It was so good. It was so good. I actually went to grade school and high school with Melissa Urbis. You did. I did. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Hey, Melissa. Hey, Melissa. And her birthday is a day before mine. Cutest. Anyways, um, it's great. And second runner-up, Jake Withy of the Super Duper Stitious podcast, and he was dressed as the Babadook, and it was pretty. Phenom. It was creepy F. The makeup yes. was amazing. It was, it was amazing. So good. You guys all did a great job. We love you so much. Thank and you guys. thank you for participating and making our Halloween that much better. We loved it. So unsolved murders. I want you to go first today. I want Let's you to teach do me it. about Bella whatever. and the Witch Elm. That's yes. the name of the story. I 
love this story because I I had heard it maybe mentioned once or twice, but I was excited to dive a little deeper and it's fun. It is from 1943 um, in the midst of World War II. So I'll take you back. Everybody ready? Buckle up. And also Witch Elm is spelled W-Y-C-H. So it sounds spooky and fun, but it's not like Uh. the normal witch. I'm teasing you a little, but get ready because witches are still mentioned. Okay. So in April of 1943, April 18th to be exact, World War II is going on. Um, There were four boys, four teenage boys out in Hagley Woods, which is a private estate near Birmingham in England, in the Midlands. That's the area. Um, They claimed they were searching for birds' nests, and they were out there with a couple of dogs. They were just having fun, being teenage boys. Um, But then they happened upon this old witch elm, which apparently is a very popular tree around there, and it's old and kind of spooky looking. Um, It was a hollowed out tree trunk that was kind of tall, but you were able to climb it and mount it if you wanted to. So Bob Farmer, one of the boys, climbed up there and looked inside the hollow tree. And he saw what looked like two eyes looking back at him. Goodness. And he realized it was a skull. And he was startled by it, but then was like, oh, guys, don't worry. It's just an animal skull. But then he kept looking and thought, nope. This no, is that does not look like an animal human skull. skull. There was a clump of human hair hanging off of a <gasps> tiny amount of flesh that was still left on the forehead. And there were two very crooked teeth hanging out of the mouth. And everything about it was just horrifying. He was screaming. The boys were freaking out. So they sprinted away from the tree and they swore never to tell anyone, not only because they were scared shitless, as you are, but they were also not supposed to be trespassing. This was a private estate, Hagley Woods, and they didn't want to get in trouble with the police. So they returned to Birmingham. A couple weeks went by, but then one of the boys, Tom Willits, who was 17 at the time, caved and told his parents because he was like, hey, I'm uh, traumatized hey, by I'm this thing. Hey, I'm not sleeping. Uh, I haven't slept. Like I saw a skull. Sleep. <laughs> saw a skull in a tree. Um, I need to tell someone. So he told his parents and the police were notified and the investigation began. So police discovered a female skeleton body. Almost the entire body was found minus her right hand, which had been removed, and the bones of the hand were later found scattered near the tree. She had very tattered, poor quality clothing hanging from her body with the tags removed, which now I'm thinking back to the story I did on Unsolved Mystery. The tags are always gone. Um, Which is the same killer. Probably. (laughs) The tags are removed, and then a gold ring and size five and a half shoes were found nearby as well. And then there was taffeta fabric stuffed into the mouth of the skull, indicating that she had been suffocated. It was stuffed pretty deep in the throat. So James Webster, the main medical examiner on the case, was able to say... Um, af- upon investigation that she was around 35. She had very irregular, very crooked teeth, uh, brown hair. She stood about five foot tall and she had given birth to one child in her lifetime, which like, that's crazy. They can tell that, but yeah, I guess, no kidding. I guess that makes sense. But wow. Um, they think she'd been dead for around 18 months. So it very likely happened to her in 1941, probably around October from what they could estimate. So mm, it was spooky. A- it was immediately believed that there was foul play because no one would really commit suicide by stuffing themselves into a tree trunk. No. And it would have been very difficult for her to slip and fall into the tree because, again, it was a little taller and just none of that added up. So, like, somebody did this to her. Um, Webster, the examiner, could tell that she had been stuffed in there shortly after she died because it would have been hard to stuff a stiff rigor mortis body into the trunk. So police contacted every dentist office in the area to try and match her dental records. Nothing. They also went through over 3,000 missing persons files, and they came up empty on this woman. Nobody knew who she was. Nobody had any information on this case. And it eventually ran dry because they weren't finding anything. And also, World War II was going on. Like They had bigger fish to fry. There were bombings happening all around them, killings. Like It was a crazy war-torn country at the time, and police and the public were just like, no, we have other things going on. But then in December of 1943, the body had been discovered in April, um, graffiti started to appear. The first message was written in chalk on the side of a house nearby to Hagley Woods, and it said, who put Lou Bella down the witch elm? Um, L-U-E-B-E-L-L-A was the name and then which again, W-Y-C-H, Elm. This was the first time we'd ever heard a name attached to this case at all because nobody knew who this woman was. No one knew anything about it. So they put Lou Bella. Over the next few months, more messages started appearing and they seemed to be written by the same person. They looked the same, usually written in chalk, always close to the area. And eventually they started to say simply who put Bella down the old witch Elm. 
Still no leads. No more evidence had surfaced, but England began to start getting interested again. Everyone was going crazy. It was in all the tabloids. It was probably a nice distraction. Yes. Like, we need um. something else to talk about. <laughs> more things than the Germans, I'm please. I'm so tired of Nazis. I hate Nazis. <laughs> so everyone's going crazy. Like, ooh, some true crime. <laughs> like, my favorite <laughs> podcast. But there weren't podcasts. Um, so this is just like Jack the Ripper all over again, <laughs> all over again. We get to be excited. <laughs> so an anthropologist named Margaret Murray came forward a few years later and said she believed that Bella, I'm going to call her that from now on because that was the name given to her, right. was killed in some sort of occult ceremony. Oh. So this is when it gets kind of spicy. The severing of the hand and the bones scattered by the tree from the hand match up to a ceremony, apparently usually performed by witches, called the Hand of Glory. So witchcraft was most likely involved, according to this Margaret Murray. And the fact that she was entombed in a tree and not buried in the ground also points to a witch-type ceremony. There's also local legend that Hagley Woods is associated with the occult in general and that people would use it for certain rituals and ceremonies. And I mean, it's that- called Hagley Woods. I know. Filled with witch elms. What like, do you expect? Of course. <laughs> like, who wouldn't perform a weird ritual there? There were probably satanic worshiping sentence, like sessions, all the things. So it was believed that this was probably this Bella woman had maybe betrayed a coven she was a part of, and they mm. killed her and stuffed her in a tree. And still to this day, that is the most believed theory, which I'm obsessed with because I want to believe that too. Um, However, there are investigators still working on the case that believe the hand and the bone scattered nearby are simply because an animal got involved. That's what I was wondering. I was wondering if like she were were they if they were able to tell that it had been cut off Mm -hmm. or if they weren't. It was just removed. That was all they knew. So that if you're getting like real logical, an animal absolutely could have come and taken the hand and then it it broke up nearby, you know? So there is a logical explanation, but as we always say, it's fun to believe. Oh yeah. I, I much prefer the whole. So uh, also it was uh, the hand of glory ceremony. Um, I'm claiming it right here. That is exactly what happened. I know for a fact. <laughs> um, another theory also fun has to do with spies. Spice. Spices, like sugar and spice. No, spies, S-P-I-E-S. Spies in World War II. Because there were lots of German spies that were captured in the UK during the war. Um, So by 1953, some stories started to surface about some espionage. Mm. The Wolverton Hampton Express and the Star newspapers both received letters from someone calling themselves Anna. And Anna said she had information on the identity of Bella and that she was a member of a spy ring who was trying to get information on local factories in England that could be targeted by the Germans. This is literally just the story that you did for Unsolved Mysteries, but it's a woman in a tree instead of a man on a Listen, beach. Listen, I love this stuff. I have a type. It's just like when you have a type of man, I have a type of story. I have a type of murder. I want letters to be written. I want tags to be removed. I, I want spies to be involved. I need there to be a spy and women. It's always like a spooky woman. Yeah. And like, you know, equality. So hashtag equality. Hashtag women are the future. <laughs> Future's female. I believe that women are our future. I'm going to rewrite the song. Okay. <laughs> so Anna, who wrote into the newspaper, was later identified as a woman named Una Mossop. And she claimed that she was married to a pilot named Jack who had witnessed Bella's death in Hagley Woods. And remember, she wrote this letter 12 years after the murder had happened. So everyone was a little like, mm. but she <laughs> apparently her husband, Jack, had gotten himself into a spy ring along with a Dutchman named Van Rolt. And the two of them were in a car with Bella trying to get information out of her. And once they realized she wasn't going to cooperate, Van Ralt strangled her to death in the back seat. And Jack, the pilot married to this woman who wrote into the paper, Jack just witnessed this, had nothing to do with the actual murder and his mental health suffered. And he actually died a few months later in the hospital before Bella's body was ever discovered. So this woman is writing in 12 years later to say this story, but the husband's dead and can't comment on it. Mm-hmm. Van Ralt is nowhere to be found. Investigators tried to look into this guy and this woman seemed just like a little off and like they were just, they didn't know what to do her with her. five minutes of fame. Totally. Dinner. So no one was really believing anything she thought. 
I guess it's 15 minutes of fame, but in this case, like five you're minutes. only getting five. <laughs> you're only getting five, bitch. <laughs> so no more details came out. No one could corroborate the story. So they were just sort of like, okay, we'll take it and tuck it away. Yeah, but... we'll put it in the file. Thank you. Okay, bye. And then a few years later, people got excited about the spy theory again because some declassified files finally came forward, which had not been revealed before. And information about a German spy named Joseph Jacobs came out. And he had been captured when he was parachuting into Cambridgeshire in 1941, the year of the murder. A photograph was found in his pocket after he had been captured, and it was of a German actress and cabaret singer named Clara Borel, um, or Borle, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but... Jacobs claimed that she had also parachuted into the Midlands in 1941, but she disappeared and no one knew where she was. So then the theory came forward that maybe this Clara woman was the person that Una Mossop or Anna, who wrote into the newspapers, was referencing. And right. so they were like, oh, maybe this is the bitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> and people thought because her last name was Borle or whatever, Borla, maybe people called her Clarabella. They were trying to, people right. were like grasping, grasping at anything. At and they're like, could it be the Bella everyone's referring to? So imaginations were running wild. And for a short amount of time, this was like the theory. Everybody was like, it's totally her. But then it was discovered Clara had died in a hospital in Berlin in 1942. So ah. not the girl in the tree. And also she was five foot ten and the woman in the tree was five foot, as I mentioned earlier. So that's like a big old height difference that why didn't anyone comment on that sooner? Why did it take you like two years to come yeah. up with that? Um, and also Jacobs, the man who had the photo, was killed by a firing squad in 1941. So again, we're just like losing everybody. Right. Like nobody can talk. So bye to that theory. Um, and then the final theory is the most sad and also the most probable, which is unfortunate. But the Bella in the tree could simply be someone who lived her life on the streets and was never identified because she simply was not missed, which is yeah. so sad. But we hear these stories all the time. It is well known that sex workers would walk along Hagley Road right by the estate. And also gypsies were known to camp out in Hagley Woods from time to time in 1941, 1942 specifically. So she could have belonged to either of those communities. And she may have just crossed the wrong person or maybe a passing soldier was having an affair with her and killed her afterwards out of shame or whatever. Your imagination couldn't run wild on this, but she could have just sort of been a transient person that... Yeah. Unfortunately, nobody misses. Well, and if she was, there would be no dental records, exactly. probably. Yeah, she could have just been living her life on the streets. So this is probably the incident, which is just so sad. And again, I would rather grasp onto the witchcraft theory because <laughs> what a tale. Um, but even with all of the theories that have come out over the years, still to this day, most people grab onto the witchcraft one, which makes me laugh and also makes me happy. But you'll still see new articles articles come out i got my research from one that came out in 2017 and also one that came out in 2018 so people still love to talk about it and throw things out there but unfortunately this isn't going to get solved everyone has died even like people died like immediately after this thing right. happened it's not even just that people are dying of old age like everyone in that time was dying so we don't have many witnesses there's no evidence and mostly the story has just turned into a fun legend of the area um, people in birmingham just kind of as sad as it is they kind of enjoy having this little moment and it makes Hagley Woods all that much creepier because it was already spooky um and it's going to be an unsolved mystery for life also she was found in a tree I know that's spooky it is in a witch elm it reminds me of uh, Ernest Scared Stupid yes oh my gosh <laughs> I used to love that movie me too I thought Eartha Kit was so cool she plays the old lady. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, person. yes. She's wonderful. Yeah, it is super spooky. And yeah, to be stuffed into a tree and like immediately after your death. So someone was, I mean, I guess kind of trying to hide you, but not really because it was pretty easy to get up into the tree. But then again, it took the boys like 18 months, almost two years to True. get in there. So maybe they truly thought it was a good spot. Also, it was just, you know, much faster Especially if like they didn't have time to like dig a hole and yeah. bury her. Who wants to dig too? Like you right. gotta use all your strength to use dig a your, hole and yeah. bury someone. Use your resources. So the tree just seemed right. But yeah, it's very sad that I mean this it truly will never be solved as much no. as I want to be optimistic. Um I mean shit. Steven and I are still researching the nineteen seventy five death right. of a man in which there is Shakespeare. so much information on mm -hmm. and that's never going to get solved. It's insane. 
which like, is there's so many of these madness all over the country all over mm-hmm. the world and you're just like why why can nobody give yeah. me the answer it i don't know if i nuts. showed you did i show you how thick my original shakespeare notes were yes and so i was in shock for the next episode because we're doing it over thanksgiving right mm-hmm. oh i yeah. can't we're doing what? another follow-up it's even thicker and oh it doesn't God. include the notes from the first time we did it this is all new stuff this that we found new. or not found but the people have been, been like, writing in given to us yeah the, I have been so good. I see that people write in to you about it, and I don't read it on purpose because as much as I'm a part of the show, I'm dense. also a fan. <laughs> like when Ashley does episodes without me, I'm like, I can't wait to listen. Can't like, wait to I'm hear so what excited. they talk about. And I love listening to Shakespeare. I still remember listening to the episode and then coming over, and I had forgotten everyone's name already. And I was like, it was the one guy who was like a colonel. And you're like, no, this is his name. And you had to correct me on everything. But I was so pumped. Um, yeah, so we're doing a follow-up we're going to record over Thanksgiving break and hopefully it comes out like our first episode in November, but we'll see. Nice. Uh, it's a lot. Yeah. I, I, I cannot believe a it's not. Yeah. I don't know how people do Dan it. And rule. You rule. You rule. My we God. appreciate you even more. That you I can't imagine. Like this. So um, the first murder I'm covering is known as the Icebox Murders. Yeah. So on June 23rd, 1965, the police were asked to perform a welfare check on Fred and Andwina. Fred and Edwina Rogers. Should Andwina be a new name? Andwina. Fred was 81 and Edwina was 73. And the call was put in by their nephew, Marvin, who hadn't been able to reach them for several days. So he was worried. So two officers went to the home and they knocked several times. They didn't get an answer. And because both of the people in question were elderly, they were like, we're kicking the door down. We got to make sure that like they didn't both fall and break a hip. Like we got to get in here. Yeah. Uh, so they kicked the door in. They checked out the situation and they very quickly went room to room because they called and like there was no answer. Um, but the house was empty. They noticed that there was still food on the table as if they had just disappeared like during dinner. And there was bugs crawling all over the food. And it was like kind of a creepy scene. And one of the patrolmen noticed a foul smell in the kitchen, but it didn't seem to be coming from the food. So he started searching the cabinets and the refrigerator. And the cabinets seemed okay. And when he um, opened the fridge, he immediately knew the smell was coming from there. And inside, they found numerous cuts of washed, unwrapped meat neatly stacked on all of the shelves. And they believe the meat was from a butchered hog until they started to close the door and noticed something strange in the vegetable crispers down below Mm -hmm. because they found the heads of Fred and Edwina Rogers looking up at them. Can you imagine the vegetable crispers? Also, when you said you were going to do the icebox murders, all I knew, I was like, does that involve old people in an icebox? That was all of my knowledge. <laughs> and I did not realize yes. that it involved their heads. Their the heads were in the fridge. Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, and it turns out that all that neatly stacked meat in the fridge was the rest of their bodies. Shut your damn up. mouth. Yeah. It wasn't even turkey breast. <laughs> nope. It was body. It was yeah. old people body. I'm going to It was throw up now. cut up and washed. Oh, so like okay. each piece was like. Drained of blood and washed. Like somebody was careful yes. with this. Stop. So it wasn't all of their body parts, though, because days Ashley. later, they found the couple's organs in a nearby sewer. And initially, they thought they were taken somewhere and disposed of, but they found uh, that they had actually been removed, cut up, and flushed down the toilet. Cool. That's so, fun. That was disturbing. My gosh, this is horrible. Some other remains of theirs were never found. So not sure what happened to them. They could have also been flushed and an animal got to them. Like, no one knows. So the police and the coroner determined that Fred and Edwina had been murdered on June 20th, which was Father's Day of that year. That's rough. An autopsy showed that Fred was killed by blows to the head with a claw hammer. And then his eyes had been gouged out and his genitals were removed. Edwina has been had been beaten and shot execution style in the head. So like obviously her death was pretty quick. Yeah. The beating like the marks of like the bruises and the like quote beating could have been defensive wounds. Right. And the shot to the head was like the final the like fatal blow. What killed her but like Fred was tortured. He went through yeah. it. Oh my gosh, that's horrific. 
So they determined that the couple were probably dismembered in the upstairs bathroom by a person with, quote, some knowledge of anatomy. There was very little blood in the house, and it appeared that it had been thoroughly cleaned after the murders took place. They did, however, find a little trail of blood leading to an upstairs bedroom that belonged to the couple's son, Charles. Ooh. Now, it's kind of unfair to call this unsolved because it's pretty damn obvious who yeah. <laughs> committed this I was like, wait, uh, do crime? I know? <laughs> Probably. But the crazy thing is that Charles was never charged with their murder because Charles was never seen ever again. No one knows what? where he is, what happened to him. Teacher, I raised my hand. <laughs> wait, what year Ma'am? did this happen? Sorry. This was 1965. Like okay. And never seen again. No. Like to this day, to this nobody day, has a damn no clue. No one has any idea. What I'm upset. Okay. There's theories. Okay, okay. But okay. Um, no one knows what happened. So the police looked for him for years. Seriously, like not a trace. There was a nationwide manhunt. He was mm. like on the list. He was yeah. FBI's most wanted. They wanted this kid. Uh, and eventually in 1975, which seems like it was not that long. It was like 10 years. Right. But in 1975, they declared him legally dead so they could liquidate his assets okay. and tear down the house. And, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. So Charles, Ugh. the son. Tell me more. Charles Rogers was a genius, like certified genius. But you hear this all the time. I know. Freaking geniuses are <laughs> murdering people. Okay. Anyway. Or suspects in yeah. the murders or their of suspects. the people. He enrolled at Texas A&M University in 1942, but he dropped out. He then enrolled at the University of Houston, where he got a Bachelor of Science degree in nuclear physics. Oh, man. He served in World War II as a United States Navy pilot and served in the Office of Naval Intelligence. And then after the war, he worked as a seismologist for Shell Oil for nine years. Okay. And then in 1957, however, he abruptly quit his job without giving any explanation and like stopped talking to people. Why? In yeah. general. Charles. No one knows. <sighs> According to his friends and his acquaintances, he was extremely intelligent. He spoke seven languages and he had a thing for ham radios, like taking them apart, putting them together. Okay. Et cetera, et cetera. In the mid-1950s, he joined the Civil Air Patrol, where he met a man named David Ferry and became friends with him. Now, this is important because David Ferry was also an American pilot who was accused of being involved in the conspiracy to assassinate JFK. Okay. He denied any involvement and claimed he never knew Lee Harvey Oswald at all, but Decades later, photos emerged showing that Ferry had actually been in the same Civil Air Patrol unit as Oswald in the 1950s, which is where he also met Charles Rogers. So the three of them with Lee Harvey Oswald uh, in the same unit. Dang. According to the 1992 book, The Man on the Grassy Knoll, Charles Rogers was a CIA agent who was the one who most likely impersonated Lee Harvey Oswald in Mexico City. And along with Charles Harrelson, was one of the two shooters involved in the assassination of JFK. What the heck? What? The authors allege that Rogers, Harrelson, and Chauncey, Chauncey Holt, were the three tramps. Do you know anything about the three tramps? Yeah, I've heard of it. Weren't they seen right nearby? Yeah, so the three tramps are three men photographed by several Dallas area photographers, and they were un- under police escort shortly after the assassination, okay. and they weren't Lee Harvey Oswald. Right. It was three other guys yes. that were under arrest, basically. But no one knows who the three men are. Like, no one No can one ever identify. reported who they were yeah. and what happened to them after they were arrested Which and also bonkers. yeah and so if you look up three tramps like wikipedia there's all the theories of who, who the three are. tramps are oh, that's fun so charles rogers was identified by his friends and relatives as one of the tramps okay which is why and the fact that he knew he was friends with a guy yeah, who like very clearly knew lee harvey oswald right. it kind of all connected he um, already has all the bad connections, like yeah. this dude. So along with that, people theorize that Charles Rogers killed his parents because his mother was tracking his many phone calls and like knew what was going on. She had figured it and, out. And like that's why he stopped working at his job abruptly and like didn't tell anyone why and like stopped mm. talking to people because he was part of this conspiracy to assassinate Fishy JFK. F. 
So I don't know. We'll see. A lot of people disagree with this theory, so who knows? Okay. <laughs> There's definitely connections, but like whether they actually but you can't connect even, and like, make put a them thing together, right? Yeah. It's like everything about him sounds suspicious and fishy, but does anything actually connect and right. come together? Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> it's rough. Another pair of investigators, uh, forensic accountant Hugh Gardinier and his wife Martha, concluded that Rogers did kill his parents. And was later killed in Honduras. No idea why they think that. Like, I'm, I did yeah, not what? read the book that they wrote. Okay. <laughs> and I could not find you any information didn't? on it. <laughs> Before this I didn't episode. have enough time How in the last five you. days <laughs> to read the book that they wrote. <sighs> but they actually dismissed the claim that Charles Rogers was a CIA agent simply for lack of evidence. Mm-hmm. But they did admit that they did find evidence that Rogers had dealings with contract workers for the CIA when he worked as a seismologist. So it's not a crazy, crazy stretch Yeah, that he had been involved with the CIA further than that. Could make sense. The Gardeniers believe that Rogers planned the murder of his parents for years because his father was abusive and both parents were, quote, devious con artists. They claim that Fred Rogers was a bookie who regularly engaged in gambling and fraud and used his son's name on many a legal document to get around the law and meanwhile stealing large sums of money from him, which is super shitty. Yep. They felt that it was definitely planned or at least thought out for a long time. um, And they thought that because of the methodical way that he drained the bodies of blood and dissected them into pieces. Yeah. They also say that the way he staged the house made it seem like a robbery gone wrong, but I don't know if they've ever seen a robbery. Right. Before. That doesn't <laughs> sound like a robbery no. at all. There's a, I read Not the police report. According to the police report, nothing was missing, and the only thing weird was the food on the table and the bodies in the fridge that were perfectly cleaned <laughs> were perfectly and put cleaned together and washed and like yeah and nothing was stolen and nothing was like knocked over the right. only weird thing was the food and the bugs so it's like what robbery i know so seen? i don't know exactly what they're referencing oh, but good lord i don't agree with that i do agree with like the chopping up the bodies and draining the yes. blood and washing like that was very yeah i don't know um it was actually well known this is strange it was well known that charles even though he lived with his parents, was a recluse who never left his room except late at night, and then he would return before the sun came up. And he would supposedly only communicate with his parents via notes slid underneath his closed door. Hmm. So I do think that at some point, he, Charles, maybe kind of lost touch with reality a little bit. Yeah. Maybe he was paranoid. Right. But also with the whole, like, uh, his father was abusive, mm-hmm. it also makes sense that it was rumored that he uh, physically abused him. Okay. And it, to me, if that is the case, and if he did kill his dad, I think he sexually abused him. Mm-hmm. Because if you look, like, at the brutality of Fred's murder... Yeah. Compared to like his mother's murder, which was right. just kind of like a gunshot to the head. Like he was his taking da- his hatred yeah. out on his dad. And the fact that he cut his genitals off right. and threw them in the toilet. Yep. That shows like the disgust that he felt yeah. towards the genitals that possibly had hurt him in his childhood. That does so make sense. So I think that that is the most likely scenario. That makes a lot of sense. And that's so sad. I mean, but it on definitely, both I know. It's no matter what, it's sad. It definitely seems like we know who murdered fred and andwina (laughs) andwina new name uh and andwina rogers but no one has been convicted and the main suspect literally disappeared off the face of the earth and no one has any idea i just can't believe that not a soul has seen him Mm. that it's just like no no charles like did he completely change his face and get a new identity and no idea or maybe he was just like immediately killed somewhere and buried the thing is so this took place in 1965 kennedy was assassinated in 1963 Mm -hmm. so he obviously didn't go to jail for the assassination he was obviously let go yeah but here's the thing we don't know who killed jfk i mean we know that lee harvey oswald 
killed him. Okay. But we don't know, no. Right. We don't officially know. Alone. And there's so much to the story of exactly. like who else was involved and so like who was the distraction and bloop, blah, bleep, bloop. The CIA was involved with killing JFK, which is one of the theories. Mm-hmm. The government themselves were involved in his assassination. Right. And this guy was working with the, CIA. the CIA. It would make sense that he would not get arrested. Right. And they were like, oh, you can't. And maybe, like the Unabomber, they doused him with LSD and fried his fucking brain. True. And he turned into a maniac. That absolutely could have happened. And then brutally murdered his parents and then was like, dee 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 adios, and bye. Who knows? He could have lived the rest of his life somewhere in hiding. He could have killed himself. Right. He could have That's jumped off a thinking. bridge somewhere. Like, maybe and, like, he jumped he off a bridge find and his was body. discovered. Or somebody, maybe someone in the government found him and was like, you're off the rails you too go. much and you're yeah. going to say something. So we need to end your life. I mean, so many things. It's, that's wild. I'm, I have no doubt that he killed his parents. Right. It feels pretty clear. But we just, just don't know yeah. all the reasons behind it. And we mm-hmm. don't know. Yeah. Just there's the just so that, like, many questions. He was living there. They got brutally chopped up and murdered. And then he disappeared. It's yeah. like, well, I wonder who did it. <laughs> like, he did it. And then he was gone. Like, hmm, well. But. That why? is no robbery I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot get over that. You know, part. robberies. When everybody's you neatly chopped up and in the ice chopped, uh, chopped up and put in the fridge. But nothing and their heads was taken. In the crispers. And there was no struggle. <laughs> Like, what? <laughs> yeah, um, goodness yeah. me. It's very scary. That actually reminded me of um, the movie Phantoms, which we were just talking yes, about. We did uh, just talk we about recording. That. Because I don't know if you remember in that movie, do you remember where they go to the bakery? Yes. And they hear the, the oven goes off mm-hmm. and they open it up and they're like, it's just pies. Thank God. And then the old couple that ran the bakery, their heads fall down on the pies. That's this story. That's this story. It's Only like, it's oh, something's in the veggie crisper. What? <laughs> yes, you're exactly right. Instead mm-hmm. of an oven, it's an icebox, the polar opposite. I love phantoms. And not only were we talking about it today, but you guys gave us the lovely month of October off as we keep thanking you for. And Ashley and I got to sit down and watch a movie. And I feel like we ended up talking about phantoms also for like 30 minutes following. Because remember, I thought the hospital in Exorcist 3 was oh, in Phantoms right. and you said there is no hospital, no hospital scene Phantoms. Phantoms. but that led us on a tangent <laughs> to talk about it because it's a phenomenal movie and you it's should so good it. and I, I understand so that the CGI at the end is not great and it's that not, Ben Affleck and I did giggle. was like 27 <laughs> and got cast as this like hardened like Older. jaded FBI, former FBI it's like, detective, who's believing now this small 18 time year old. cop. Yeah, and it was like he's a child. This is bad casting. It was, but but gosh, everyone I else is really good, it. and that movie rules. And you should watch it. It's on HBO right now. It's great. Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy. Live your life. Just had to do the Phantoms tangent. Also, one more tangent. I feel like I didn't stress enough in my last story, and I all feel like I always do this. I tell a story, and then like at the end of the episode, I'm like, wait. I think it's so crazy, and I didn't say this enough, that someone graffitied who put Bella in the witch elm, Dude, and like, creepy. who the fuck is Bella, and like they know information that they're not telling anyone. So I just wanted to stress, yes, this mystery is going to go unsolved forever, but like people Someone knew. Knows. Yes. People knew still to this day, the graffiti is still sprayed on random places. But at this point, people are just like having fun Recreating with it. Recreating it. Cause again, yeah. they like love that they have this legend in their town, but what the fuck? Who's Bella? It could have been something where it just kind of turned into a nursery rhyme. Sure. Like they, yes. may, her main name might not have been Bella. It could right. have literally just been like, we'll call her Bella. That's true. But I just feel like why go to the point of graffitiing unless like, I, I mean, agree. maybe you were just trying to like stir things up, but it seems like somebody. Knew I've been something. watching a lot of uh, Watchmen on HBO, oh, which makes my me, th- it's gosh, so good. Watchmen. It's I can't believe so we haven't good. talked about this yet. I'm so obsessed with it. Uh, it's amazing. My it's gosh, my favorite this HBO just show. just into shows we enjoy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so far they've all like. been on hbo which um, the righteous gemstones is also a great show gemstones oh my great. gosh <laughs> uh watchman is amazing but it just reminds me of in the watchman how who watches the watchman is yeah. sprayed on everything yes and that's creepy af creepy too af as well who put bella in the witch elm like uh, i just want to go write that places that's scary 
<laughs> I just do it in LA and everyone's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Get out of here. That's is this n- a new bank <laughs> Who's Bella? Is the Witch Elma band? No, nobody would know. <laughs> that actually would be a really good band actually name. Actually, a really cool Bella band name. Bella and the Witch Elms. Okay, well, we have to start it. Can you yeah. play an instrument? No. Okay. <laughs> Could you harmonize with no. me? All right. Because <laughs> I was like, we could use Garage Band. <laughs> you don't have to play anything. I could auto tune my rap. It's great. Ashley's going to rap. I'm going to sing. Joe's going to be like our DJ who just presses play on Garage Band, and it's going to be awesome. Alex will make our graphics because he is not musically inclined in any way. Um, neither am I, but I will be. You know how like some bands just have that that woman that like randomly <laughs> is on stage and just kind of was like into what the band's <laughs> You're doing. The hype girl. <laughs> <laughs> like, you sometimes hit a tambourine yeah like that's ting, you. like a triangle <laughs> but like the rest of the time i'm just like super into what's happening i'll give you all my baby instruments that yes. i have from peekaboo music it'll be great oh man okay we've gone off the rails well <laughs> okay <laughs> ladies and gents <laughs> That's all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. This was not supposed to be a two-part episode, but Lauren and I both brought two murders to the table, and uh, the ones you'll learn about next week have even more twists and turns than these, if you can believe it. So make sure that you join us next week for part two of Unsolved Murders. We are so happy to be back, and we're very sorry if it took us a while to get into this week's episode. We had a lot of catching up to do with each other and with you. Thank you so much for listening, as per usual. Thank you to our patrons who donate to our show every month, and you guys should thank them too, because they are the reason that we are able to afford to produce this show each week and provide merch for you and bring interesting, funny, weird guests on the show. If you want to become a part of this weird family and join our Patreon, head over to www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast and donate to our show. And for that, you'll get a discount code for merch, a monthly newsletter, and bonus episodes with myself and the hilarious Amy Hanselman. If you just want merch, head over to our Etsy page at www.etsy.com slash shop slash keepitweirdpodcast and grab yourself a t-shirt, tote bag, hoodie, coffee mug, or button. And if you don't want to do that, you could just head over to our iTunes or Apple Podcast app and rate our show five stars. That would be awesome. And if you don't even want to do that but still enjoy us as human beings, send us a DM or an email that says, hey, We love those. Coming up this year, we've got three more absolutely hilarious guests, a follow-up to last year's Shakespeare investigation, a very surprise paranormal sleepover, and a whole lot more weird. In the words of my good friend Maria from season one of Keep It Weird, be diligent and aware, and never leave home without your knife. Have a great week, guys, and keep it weird. We're so happy to be back. Mm, I'll do the witch elm first. Are there witches involved? No. Well, Mm. no, maybe. Maybe. It's a theory. (laughs) 